When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Y'all got your drink color. Got my drink. It was like, ooh, our lips look so good. I got good everything. Trust what me. else you got good, Al? <laughs> Take a look at that picture I sent you. Ooh. I just figured I'd get the girls a little preview <laughs> of the spring summer collection, aka okay. my body. It is TGIF. This is what y'all came for, right? Y'all came for this. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday and welcome to TGIF, your new favorite uh, talk show. Way to start the weekend. I am joined by my lovely co-host. We're going to introduce them in a second, but y'all been asking for it. And we got uh, another night added to the lineup, but we're going to talk about that later. Let me uh, go ahead and introduce the fellas because I know you want to hear what they have to say as we break down all the hot topics and uh, probably get a little bit messy. Please welcome multimedia personality and talk show host, Mr. Funky Dineva. <laughs> that never gets old. <laughs> I laugh every time. <laughs> it doesn't get old. It doesn't. Oh, please welcome brand strategist and male semi-nude model, Al Reynolds. Hey, Al. What's up, Claudia? How you doing? <laughs> Al's like you- laugh is so infectious. I was saying, y'all crack me up working with you too. And he's starting already, so I got a feeling this we're we gonna have a good time. I, I I feel something in my spirit tonight. I don't know if it's the sex I had last night or what, but I just feel like we're gonna have us old nasty show tonight, baby. Ooh. I think we are too. This <laughs> we were talking about Q, Q and his football team, remember? Yeah. Speaking of infectious, we were talking about how you date and how some some Negro left. You said your words. You uh, left a drink in your, your your refrigerator, and you don't so know. The, con- the conversation started, y'all. I don't drink beer, and I was going to get a drink for the show, and it was like two beers in my vegetable box, and I was like, one of them Negroes left a beer <laughs> over here, and so everybody was asking. There was like one of them, and I was like, well, yeah, I, you know, I, I keep a couple on rotation, and I was saying that I've got three people that have been in rotation, but for years. Like I'm having relations with these same three people. And Claudia was bringing up dating that, you know, she couldn't date multiple people. And I was saying dating for me means like going to Red Lobster, hanging out, kissing, going to the movies. I can do that with a whole football team, preferably (laughs) a football team. But I can only romantically connect with one person. I'm the same way. One time in my life when I was in LA, I dated two people at the same time and they both like had it going on and they probably was both wondering why I wasn't like all over them. Like it made me feel like, I think a lot of times, especially women, we put, we tend to put uh, all of our eggs in one basket. We meet a guy, we start to write our name on paper next to his and we think about the wedding and we, we got it all planned out. And um, it felt good to kind of, kind of see how men probably view us and that's why it made me understand like how someone may not get attached so quickly if you put you know all your focus on one person you have no choice but to i felt like a player and they both had it going on and didn't work out with neither one of them i guess i was the player at that point (laughs) al reynolds i know you can date multiple people at the same time and not have any kind of emotional connection you're a little hoe ass i mean i i I, i'm a gemini so yeah i can date multiple people multiple times and have a connection with all of them in a different way. Oh, wow. Here we go, blaming the horoscopes and the astrological signs for our wholeness. Can we just own our wholeness? Because I just, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a Scorpio. You know, I'm a Gemini. I can't help it. It's the moon's fault. <laughs> so listen, to those uh, that didn't tune in last week, which I'm sure everyone did tune in last week, shame on you because we made a huge announcement. We've been teasing the weeks. You have been cussing us out in our comments and all over YouTube. Uh, the announcement was, in case you missed it, we'll be airing twice a week starting next Wednesday, June 30th at 7 p.m. Pacific time, 10 p.m. Eastern. Make sure you set your schedules and you tune in so you ask for it. You got it. Two days a week. TGIF. Look at- this is yeah. so much trouble. This I is know. going to be so much <laughs> trouble. Two times a week for us to do our mess. 
Oh Lord, I'm scared. So I want the fans to chime in and like and tell us like, do you want the would you like the Wednesday show to be different than the Friday show, or do you want the same exact thing, or do you want us? I think I would like to do more um like get away from the celebrity stuff maybe on Wednesday and talk more about topical things like how we were talking about dating and mm-hmm. our different perspectives. I think we should do more of that type of stuff. Of course, still be spilling the tea and all that, but you know. I'm but, here for it. Let's see what the fans think. You guys, be sure to tell us. Listen, y'all told us y'all wanted more. And, and, and the powers that be heard y'all and gave y'all more, they, they listen to us here at Fox Soul. This is for us, by us. This is y'all's show. So tell us what you want and we shall deliver. That's right. Uh, and, you know, I, I love the power of, of our soulmates, our viewers, that, you know, they, they asked for this and uh, they got it. You know what I mean? It didn't even take that long. But anyways, let, let's, I want to get into, um, I was uh, out of the country the last few days. Yeah, I was in Ghana. saw that, honey. How was Ghana? You know, I encourage everyone to go, go over to the motherland because the misconceptions that they like us to have, it's nothing like what I thought it was going to be. You know, people are like, you got to take your mullet. Oh, there we are at the door of no return, but they changed the other side now to the door of return encouraging all of us to come back to where you know we, where our people were snatched from and that was a dungeon the slave dungeon where it was horrific conditions that our people were in that room right there they would put 300 men in oh and that's not that room that's the light room there's the dark room 300 200 300 men in one room with three small windows and they would have to pee and 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 and, and defecate and eat in the same spot that they're fighting for to lay on and they say when they um, excavated the, the, the cavern, the dungeon, there was like this a layer, like this thick of, of urine and pee and, and, and feces and tears and blood that they had to get through. And when you're there, you feel the souls, you feel the chills, you feel the sorrow. There was a room that they had for the, when they would capture uh, kings and queens and, and powerful uh, African leaders that they knew would never submit. And it was a suffocation room. Had no one knows, had three doors. And they would close these doors and let them suffocate because they knew they would never submit. And, and it was just, all of this was going on with a church on top of the dungeons. So, you know, the church and Christianity was just given a major cosign to the slavery, the atrocities of our slavery, of slavery. And just going back, it just, it, it, it's life-changing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it really, it really was. So shout out to Afrocentrics. Anyone that wants to go book your trip through them. They plan the ex- whole experience. Once I got there, I didn't spend any money. So I was giving everybody money that asked. That's the uh, that's KJ and I in front of the, the castle. So yeah, it was amazing. Oh wow! Oh look at that! I had to get. <laughs> I did see someone get hit by a motorcycle. And his uh, meat was off the bone, but uh, other than that, it was a great trip. So um, yeah. All right, y'all ready for some TGIF? For the slaves, for the ancestors. Yes, God. I don't know that that whole thing. You just just did something to me. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. No, that's cool. It's cool. <laughs> well, you, you know, it, it's supposed to, though. You know, yeah. I think I think being so far away from from there, we we are so far removed. And then when you go there, you see what it really is. It's one thing to hear about it. Yeah, slavery. They snatch us up. They sack us in boats. But when you go to the actual place and then you see the slave mass, uh, the, the slave catcher, his suite had like ocean views, eight windows for one person. But then where we were under the church two to 300 people in one room with no air. And it, it was just like, how can human beings be this evil the people. to each other? On a lighter note, though, we had fans in Ghana that you found, that you stumbled oh, into. Yeah. That was yes. dope. Please go to Funky Dynamics page and see the video. Uh, this designer who has amazing stuff, Remy, Remy she, um, she was like, oh my God, I love you. First of all, she didn't say me first. She said she loved Funky. She mm-hmm. said she follows you. She loves you. And then she's like, and then she went on to say how much she loves TGIF. She said the show with the three of us, she said, you can't take anything out of it and you can't put anything else in it. It is perfect the way it is. And she said, I never miss a show. And she watches it live and gone to shout. So shout out to her. for watching. Rima, we see you, girl. All of our fans across the, the, the world, because we are growing. We are blowing up in our next contract negotiations. Oh, I'm gonna be <laughs> that far. I need a new Range Rover. Okay. Um, speaking of uh, atrocities, uh, Derek Chauvin sentenced to 22 and a half years in prison for the uh, murder of George Floyd. 
before sentencing took place, Chauvin's mom took the stand. Did y'all see that? Uh, she said, when you sentence my son, you also will be sentencing me. What, you think that's a fair sentence or for her to say? You think that's a fair sentence for him? And what are your thoughts about what the mom said? Al, what do you think? Um, you know, that was interesting to watch her speak. She said that um, her son is characterized as a racist and he is not. I'm like, oh, wow, really? Then how did he end up here? Um, as it relates to this, the sentencing, I thought that uh, Attorney General Ellison did a great job. He got 22 and a half years. The maximum was 30. Uh, the defense wanted probation, uh, minimal time served, which I thought was ridiculous. Um, plus, remember, I spoke about this before, about the importance of what he was charged with. So he was charged with second degree murder, right? which was in, unintentional. And because it was unintentional, he had a maximum amount that he could receive. So the judge, in my opinion, did good. He gave him the maximum given the case law surrounding this particular state and this particular case. So I'm glad to see him get 22 and a half. The best part about this though, even though he will probably be out of jail before he's 60, is that we still have the federal uh, charges to come down. So hopefully we'll get some more added years to the federal charges, which go along with the state charges. So I'm happy um, oh. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Q, what do you think? You know, it would be so easy to light that damn mama up right now, but in the midst of her pain, I ain't even going to do the lady like that. Listen, you know, you probably the reason his ass is the way he is. You know what I'm saying? Because racism is a learned behavior. So he got it from somewhere and more than likely he got it from your ass. However, I am a very empathetic and compassionate person. And the crime aside, this lady is losing her son. You know what I'm saying? She's losing her son, regardless of the reason as to why she's losing him. She is experiencing a loss. And I can sympathize with her feeling the way she feels. She should have just kept her damn mouth closed and better yet stay her old ass home because no one really cares. I mean, considering what your son did, no one really cares. He did. I, I bet the Floyd family wish that that he exercised some leniency, you know what I'm saying, on their son. So for you to now be, it just was a little tone deaf to me. But but I, I agree with Q on that. I just feel like what she said was completely inappropriate. You know what I mean? Like, if anything, she should have been saying, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. And she should have taken some accountability for what has happened, even though she doesn't, ha you know, she doesn't have to say that her son did it, but she can say that she's sorry that a life was lost. And, and neither one of them expressed remorse. Like, neither she, one of them expressed any type of remorse. She could have said something. I think that would have been a great opportunity to say something, extend, uh, you know, a hand, an olive branch, if you will, to the family. To really right. be empathetic about that because, you know, both mothers are losing a son. Only thing, uh, Chauvin's mom gets to go see his dumb ass in prison still. You know, right. Floyd's mom can't see him. His whole family can't see him. Mm -hmm. And maybe these white folks, these racist white folks that don't seem to think that our lives matter when we've smoked a blunt one time or wear a hoodie or wear a pants sagging. Maybe they can start to feel, oh, I, they probably feel the way I feel now all these years. But only thing, we usually don't get justice. Y'all do. You know, right. uh, George Floyd's mama, Tamir Rice's mama, Trayvon, mama's, Trayvon Martin's mama. Uh, 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 the list goes on and on and on and on and on and on. Sandra Bland, there's so many moms that 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 won't be able to, you know, have their 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 child in their lives anymore. Sorry, well, I'm, I'm just really not really feeling that bad for you because your son's still alive and he caused all of this, yeah. ma'am. I do like, though, the message and the precedent that it's sending, right? I hope that this sends shockwaves through all police departments and at least make people take pause. Hey, I can't just run around doing whatever the hell I want to do because I might go to prison. You know what I'm saying? I just might not get away with it. I hope that that is the message that is permeating throughout our, our, our police system. Right. And that's what Attorney General Ellison has talked about. He said in his mind, this isn't about justice. This is about accountability. And he says that accountability is the first step in achieving justice. And I with I agree with Funky on this, this accountability, this making this officer accountable instead of protecting them for police brutality and all the other injustice surrounding this is a win, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, now we just got to get that white bitch that shot that boy in Chicago in that car. 
her ass. That part. And Derek Chauvin, uh, I'm going to try to get the address for your prison because I would love to, uh, on that behalf of, of, of TGIF, I would love to send you a, 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 a care package, uh, a box of lube, because you're going to have a grand old time in prison. Good yeah. luck. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> don't, drop, don't drop the soap. We're going to take a quick break. In prison? Huh? Are there no condoms in prison? He, he about to let us know. We're going to yeah. take a quick break <laughs> and we'll be back with more TGIF. Bye, Derek. Don't drop the soap. Welcome back to TGIF with myself, Avenals, and Q, aka Funky Danny. But my bad about um, George Floyd's mom. She, she's deceased, but you know what I meant. I was, you know, kind of got kind of caught up, but there's tons of mothers of the movement that, you know, we could speak of that do not have their children around to even go visit in a prison that would love to be in a Derek Chauvin's mom's place where they could at least see their son and touch their son or daughter. All right, moving on. Uh, I was so excited about this. I love me some track. I'm a track girl. And, uh, you know, I wanted to play Flojo in a movie about 20 years ago. Did all my research. I whack when I used to be in shape. Uh, Shakari Richardson from right here in Dallas. Okay. Uh, to Simone Biles and, and, and Simone Manuel. It's going to be a lot of black girl magic in the next Olympics, but it always is. It's nothing new. Uh, unfortunately, this year, the celebration was overshadowed by the appearance of our black women. Funky, you recently posted a video calling out black men because there was a bunch of critique about, you know, the looks and the hair and all this nonsense. Talk, you, you made a video about men antagonizing Shikari's look. So let's take a look at it. As it relates to her body, the girl is outside doing physically laborious exercises every damn day. If you were squinting and being the Olympic titan that she is, you would have a thin waist, big booty, big thighs, and a built-up body. Y'all want her to look like damn Thelma from damn good times and represent the United States and win at the Olympics? So what, what what were they saying? I I, I wasn't up on the internet as much as what was happening. I kept scrolling through Facebook and Instagram and seeing these posts, and and and, and I hate to put this target on their back, but it was coming from supposedly straight black men who were commenting on her appearance, saying she looked like a man, she built like a man, commenting on her hair and her nails, calling her ghetto, just having all types of negative things to say. Versus the fact that a sister is about to represent us at the world games. And, you know, I later found out that she was a, um, I believe she's a gay woman, a gay black woman or, or mm -hmm. bi or, or yeah. whatever the case may be. And it creates for a larger conversation that we can have on another day, maybe on our Wednesday show. But there is, you know, I, I get that black men are excluded and beat up from so many directions in this country, but it feels like whenever they feel excluded from something, they go on the attack. And in this instance, excluded from her coochie because she, you know, likes women. Now they feel in these reasons to attack her and it's just, it, it's unnecessary. Okay, is the orange hair and the nails my cup of tea? Am I gonna sit at Red Lobster with a chick with orange hair and, and, and orange nails? Probably not. But this girl is young. This is what the young kids are doing. Let them be. Let them express themselves. Like if that orange hair gonna get her ass to Tokyo and she gonna blow them Tokians and them Africans <laughs> and them every other ends and win this game, then so be it. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad you made that video. And Al, I'm gonna get to you. And I, I know you have a list for us that I, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing. <laughs> I, with our last 45 minutes of the show. No, 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 I'm playing with you. But I'm going to just say this real quick. I'll give it, hand it over to you, Al. Yeah, is she, is she like, they call her hood and all kind of stuff. She is so authentic. And if you listen to her, she talked about her girlfriend picked that color orange for her hair because it's the color of a flame. And, and, and that, you know, signifies speed. Listen, track and field is so damn hard. To go down a tenth of a second, to beat someone by a tenth of a second, uh, it takes so much training and dedication and her body, she, she's lean and she's lean and fit because she's put in the work. I don't understand. I don't think you guys understand running a 10, six, five. I don't care if it's win aided or not. She is running men's times in college and, and, and well, definitely high school men's times. She is killing the game. The world's record is 10, four, nine. I don't know if it's going to be broken. 
But this girl had a lot of adversity in her life. Her mama just passed away, her biological. She was raised by a grandma. I think she probably had a lot of struggles in her life. And y'all, she's making it to the Olympics. She's probably going to be first or second in the Olympics. And y'all worry about her nails and her hair. Get the F out of here with that nonsense. What are you doing with your fat ass at home criticizing this young girl following her dream? All right, Al, go ahead. Sorry. Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm really feeling uh, Shakara uh, Carey uh, Richardson. Let me tell you the nine things that I know about the young lady. First of all, right. she would be the youngest. She would be number one. She would be the youngest on the U.S. team at 21 years old. Number two, she's a Dallas native. Number three, on Juneteenth, she ran the 10, she went, ran 10.8, which was the fastest time. Number four, she's one of the fastest women, not in North America, not in South America, not in Central America, but in the world. All right. Number five, in April, she ran the sixth fastest women's 100 in the history of track and field. Number six, on she's one of the brightest young athletes in the game these days. Number seven, she's a black, openly queer athlete, a part of the LBGPTQ plus community. And she did it during Pride Month. Congratulations to Miss Richardson. Number eight, people talk about the long lashes, uh, the, the colorful nails, the, the vibrant hair. Let me tell you what, her girlfriend picked it out, her girlfriend liked it, and that means that's all that matters, right? As long as her and her mate are happy, that's fine. Number nine, she this tribute and this win and this going to Tokyo, she tributes to her grandmother who raised her because her biological mother actually died the week before this race. So my hat goes off to this very vibrant, very smart very uh, talented athlete. And you know what? Don't worry about those Negroes because at the end of the day, you don't even like them anyway. <laughs> that part. That and part. you know what? Track and field is so undercovered in the United States. Okay. In Europe, I went to the Olympics in 2004 um, and, and watched. They are like Michael Jordan over there. The average track star over there is huge. Oh, they don't get anywhere near that kind of respect or enthusiasm here in the States. And I think we need charismatic people like Shakari Richardson to bring attention to track and field. They get, they're so underpaid compared to other sports. You got to be top one in the world to have a livable sponsorship. You know what I mean? Like you could be number three and they try to give you like 60,000, for a year. That's including your training. So we need people like this. Everyone's talking about it. It's bringing attention to the Olympics. And I'm rocking with her. It's going to be her in Jamaica. Can you just remind you of Flojo? I, I, yes. I, I Googled Flojo because I just wanted to see, you know, what we thought. Because I just remember her disrupting track and field with the beautiful gear, the nails, and the hair. I just thought she was one of the sexiest runners that ever ran. I just was just in, in, in awe of her. And it's so funny. When I actually looked at the pictures, she actually looked Regular. <laughs> Have y'all seen the Flojo pictures from way back in the day, 20 years ago, when we saw it at the time, we just thought how outrageous it was, how different she was. When you look at those pictures now, her nails are actually not that long. Her nails are actually not that painted up that that crazy. Her hair is actually not that bad. You know what I mean? So, I, you know, I have nothing but positive things to say about Miss Richardson. And keep your head up, sweetheart. I know you've been through a whole lot of stuff, but you got me watching you all the way to the finish line this We're year, I for you, baby. We are rooting for you. Speaking of going through a whole bunch of stuff, uh, Sean Kingston is going through a whole bunch of coochie. <laughs> Apparently, he revealed that he's got 10 women on rotation and he cheated on one girl in the same house with another girl. And he also uh, implied, and this was on a, a lip service with Angelique, that uh, he's not really a fan of condoms. So we got 10 in rotation no condoms. That's a whole bunch of bacterial vaginosis is waiting to happen. That's too many fluids being mixed together. What do y'all think about this story? I mean, he low-key ain't got no choice but to be a womanizer because he fat and unattractive. So. <laughs> he, you know, he got money and he's just making up for all his childhood trauma. Every little girl that oh, didn't give him a birthday card, an invitation to the party. He never got the little Valentine heart candies from the kids in third grade. He was always a fat little chubby boy that they never chose to play anything. He was never going to be homecoming king, prom king. He was never going to be best dressed or most attractive or most athletic or anything of that nature. So now that he got a little bit of money, he's become the Pillsbury conquering warrior. 
and now he wants to soothe and 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 get all the snatch that he can, making up for the old and the new. And um, you know, you might got ten in rotation, but you paying for it. You paying for it. You, you know what I'm saying? It, it ain't like you just pulling ten because you the cat's meow. No, baby, the joke is on you. The joke is on you because them ten somewhere slapping five inside of the <laughs> markers. Okay, they slapping five and going out to eat with your damn money, all that low self esteem money that you passing out. Yes, God, mm-hmm. I said it. Al, <laughs> I'm just paying tribute to the motherland right now. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, in my opinion, you know, besides the the unsafe sex, which I I totally get it. Uh, young young guys nowadays don't use condoms. They just don't use condoms. It's not it's not anything that they like they they enjoy the pleasure of raw and i have to agree i enjoy the pleasure of raw as well um i just feel like this he's young he's rich he's got a lot of money he's got a lot of access he's got thousands of women throwing themselves at him and what else is he going to do besides you know making music let's have a back hoochie right Cause it ain't like, voluntary. I, it ain't voluntary, Coochie. It's paid for Coochie. Trust and believe. I understand. I understand I just, there are there are people in line to get the money to give to Coochie. Okay, and believe me, there's no lack of it in his line. He, I'm sure his line is long. He he can go and he can hit anybody up, basically in his age group and maybe older. And I bet you they'll respond to his DM. I just feel like didn't he survive like a jet skiing accident a few yeah, years back? You think he'd be someone trying to give his life to the Lord (laughs) (laughs) or to Weight Watchers. (laughs) Okay. Had his ass spent all that money with Jenny Craig. Maybe he could have turned that jet ski a little faster or a little more. I ain't going to start. I ain't even going to start. I just feel like what else are you supposed to do when you're that young, (laughs) you're that talented, and you got a lot of money? Start a foundation. Okay, you from Jamaica. Them people that's over there living in horrible, destitute conditions. Okay, the only industry over there is tourism. Start a foundation so the little kids can stop walking on the gravel road with no shoes on. It's a lot of damn things he could be over there damn doing instead of <laughs> bag hoochie. Okay, uh, uh, he could be uh, um, write a song about Shakari Richardson about the kick ass and damn talk. Write a song. Write a song. Because, Negro, we ain't heard no music. Matter of fact, you might have spending all your money on coochie. Is you even getting any damn royalties? Because wait a minute, we ain't made no music since the beautiful girl. And he ain't saying nothing in, and it ain't no market for him now unless he's gonna play a part two of the Biggie story as Biggie. (laughs) Other than that, I mean, you know, I mean, you what else he could be doing? Losing, running, (laughs) running. I go to the gym three days a week. Shit, running or walking, however you prefer. <laughs> you know, the ancestors are telling me I should take us to break so we don't do any more violation of this brother from the motherland. So we are going to take a quick break and we'll be back with more. <laughs> Beautiful girls. <laughs> <laughs> The beautiful girl. <laughs> we are back with more tea. Beautiful girls. I'm done. I'm done. With my guys, Al Reynolds and Funky Dineva. You ain't gonna do it again. I ain't gonna do it. Yeah, you are. I know you are. I ain't gonna do it. Okay, this is my favorite part of the show. This is when one of my calls get to show their reading skills. Al Reynolds, this is the moneymaker. Take it away. All right, TGIF fans. Five years ago, Felix Gray realized our eyes weren't meant to look at screens all day. So they designed glasses to make daily screen time more comfortable and the workday more productive. As you know... Now more than ever, Americans are spending more time on computers, phones, tablets, and gaming and other sources of blue light. So for me, if you're like me, your eyes get sore. They also get itchy. Look, Felix Gray glasses are not like any other blue light lenses. 
Felix Gray lenses filter 15 times more blue light that can make screen time tough on the eyes and disruptive to your sleep. Did you know that? And non-prescription glasses are available as well as prescription. Felix Gray offers classic frame styles made from acetate and hand-finished for durable, lightweight, and a really comfortable pair of glasses. <clears throat> I ordered my pair, Funky has two, so you should do the same. If you feel your screen time, or if you're not sure if blue light glasses are right for you, start with the best in blue light. Try Felix Gray. With their 30-day back money-back guarantee, there's nothing to lose but eye strain. <laughs> so get yourself a pair of glasses made for the 21st century and designed for modern, hardworking eyes. Go to felixgrayglasses.com slash T-E-A for the best blue light glasses on the market. That's F-E-L-I-X-G-R-A-Y glasses.com slash T-E-A. There's free shipping, free returns, and free exchanges. Don't forget, felixgrayglasses.com slash T-E-A. Thank you, Felix Gray, for supporting our show. <laughs> Welcome back to TGIF with uh, Funky Dineva and Al Reynolds. Uh, uh, in the chat, what y'all think about Al's read? Give him, give me thumbs up emoji if you liked it. Thumbs down if you didn't. I think you did a good job. Look, I'm trying to get bills paid and the lights all help a brother out. Listen, Claudia, speaking of what they think about Al, I just got the funniest text from my friend Jill Tracy. She's a radio DJ here in Miami at Hot 105. And she says, child, I need whoever is doing Al Reynolds perm to do mine. He got that hair <laughs> laid in swoop, honey. <laughs> hey, yes. Oh, you, I, I couldn't see it without my glasses. It's, it's very smooth. Would you do something different, Al? It's nothing but that $2.99 gel at Kroger, baby. All you got to do is wet your hair, put a bunch in your hand. Really? That's it? No perm, no nothing? Well, white people could do that because I can't do that with what I got. I can't do it either. <laughs> Speaking of white people, Britney Spears is uh, rallying against her father, Jamie Spears. They had a whole bunch of drama uh, in white people news, and she's calling him a trafficker. The singer testified before the L.A. court on Wednesday about her conservatorship. Conservatorship, am I saying it right? That has been uh, controlling her life and finances since 2008. And uh, oh, you're getting a lot of thumbs up, uh, by the way. A bunch of thumbs up. Uh, Brittany mentioned during the trial that she was forced to ingest lithium. She stated that it's a strong drug and you can go mentally impaired if you stay on it longer than five months. She said she felt drunk. I couldn't even have a conversation with my, with my mom or dad about anything. They had me with six different nurses. Now that all these details are coming out about this, do you think they're just keeping her drugged up so they can just control her money? Because she seems like she was aware of what was going on and she was not okay with it. She said she lied and said she was happy when she wasn't. What do y'all think about this? You know, it, 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 it's weird. So first off, for me, I, I would need an understanding of exactly what it is, the mental condition that Brittany has. Right. Um, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I, I would like to know that first. But then secondly, it also seems to me that, you know, your family is meant to protect you and, 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 and your relationship with your daughter and having a loving relationship with her should mean a hell of a lot more than, than this financial fiduciary responsibility that you have. So it would seem to me that if I was the father in order to keep my daughter close, I would just ask the judge, let's just give this to a, a, a third party guardian ad litem that, that I can have some type of oversight for. Or I don't even know why the legal system won't step in. If obviously she's coherent enough to express that she's unhappy, and if it's deemed psychologically that she still needs conservatorship, then I don't understand why they won't change her conservatorship, maybe, or give it to, 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 to another neutral party. She was saying even her lawyer that's meant to protect her was hired by them. You know what I'm saying? So it's like That's everybody, complex. it's conflict of interest. And everybody has got their hands in this girl's pocketbook. And it, it, it sure looks like they're trying to control her so they can control her money. Al, what do you think? You know, <clears throat> this, is, this is really tough because we're talking about a talent. We're talking about a personality and we're talking about a performer and an artist. 
So you have multiple layers to this. You have us protecting the ability of this artist to still be an artist. And then you have a person that is not called Britney Spears, but her real, the real person. Unfortunately, you have mixed into all of this a mental health issue that no one can challenge, that this young lady is just mentally unhealthy. Um, even though you listen to the audio of her plea with the judge where she got a lot of empathy and sympathy, it's just one way one day and a different way the next because that's how mentally unstable she was. Back to what Q was saying, the father has said in the past that he does want to step down, give it to someone else. <clears throat> as far as I'm concerned at this point, she's damn near 40 years old. Let her take control of her life. And if she ruins it, it's ruined. And so be it. This is what she's asked for. She, she may not be mentally prepared to make those decisions, but just the outcry and the imbalance that she's offering in the media is making me feel sorry for her. And it's making me feel sorry for someone who's mentally incapable of making sound decisions around not only her career, but her financial life. So at this point, I'm just like, okay, give her what she wants. And let's see what happens. And what we're going to see is a downward spiral of a very talented woman without any type of supervision. And we're going to see her crash. I, 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 I will be the first to admit that I wasn't really on top of the story this week while I was out of the country. And I, it's something I definitely want to read and go through all of it. But here's my thing. From the bits and pieces that I've heard, she's, you know, has all these issues. But it seemed like she's saying that they're forcing her like they're telling her she got to still perform and still do that work to get that money but but she's not fit to like take care of other right. things in her life and to live her life but she's okay to be propped up on stage much like a lot of entertainers in the 50s 60s and 70s we would see them get drugged up and just go do your job and well you know I i'll take care of everything for you you know what i mean like, she, i'm a little concerned she has a she has a she has an institutional mental illness like it's just not you don't get put on lithium because you're having a bad day or uh things aren't going your way i mean she has a long history we're not talking about five years we're not talking about 10 years we're talking about in excess of 15 years of a mental health issue where she's not able to make sound decisions we've seen multiple accounts in which she one was driving down the highway with her child in her lap okay she attacked a photographer bald cut her hair off attacked a photographer with with the umbrella she had two mental breakdowns multiple mental breakdowns actually she's been institutionalized on more than three occasions so this isn't your typical case i mean from the outside looking in i do get how people feel like she's being robbed, but she's actually being managed to her benefit. Because you can't tell me that a woman with that mental illness, if not supervised, could have maintained this type of career this long. There's no way it would ever happen. All right. I just well, I guess. Make sure. I'm sorry, Claudia. I just no, want to make no, sure no. that <clears throat> I, I agree with you. And I think that for things to have gotten this far, and I'm dealing with my brother who, when I got him placed in the group home for his schizophrenia, and I had his rights taken away. I'm actually his conservator. He right. had to get uh, he had to get checked by three independent psychiatrists that had to come to the same conclusion in order for his rights to be taken away mm -hmm. and given to me. So that being said, I'm pretty sure she does have a condition that does need to be managed. I just want to make sure that her money is being managed. And that it's being, you know, somebody is going through her books every year and saying, okay, what was this $50,000 withdrawal out of this girl's money? I hope they're just not spinning up her money. Because well, two you, things could be true at the same time. She could very well need to have this, uh, you know, conservatorship, but they could also be robbing her blind while they're using well, that. You no, know? no she, she does have someone that's watching that. You saw that they did a forensic accounting of the records and you saw where they showed how much she spent on living, how much she spent on um, food, et cetera. And you also saw that the father only made $100,000 in keeping an eye over everything as a conservatorship. So there are quite a few eyes on Britney Spears' finances, as well as Britney Spears' mental and physical health. Okay. What well, happens in Hawaii right now, laying at the pool. So and we can do a whole other show about mental illness. I just need somebody to explain to me what type of um, seasonal mental illness this is that she got. <laughs> it come on in January and go off in the summer. And then it go off when it's time for her to perform. It, 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 
I, I just need to understand. And I, I didn't mean to make light of it, but I just need to understand it. Well, well right. speaking of going off, Trick Daddy found himself in a digital war with the Beehive. Oh, my goodness. Uh, after saying Beyonce can't sing and Jay-Z isn't the best rapper alive. During it, he was on Clubhouse and, you know, people get real comfortable on Clubhouse. He said Beyonce don't write music and barely can sing her mother effing self. Well, the Beehive wasn't feeling that. They took to... Uh, Trick Daddy's restaurant. They gave him horrible reviews and filled it up with negative reviews. Uh, he had like a 4.6 and they brought it down to a 2.6. So they, I, I read some of the reviews. They were like, oh, I found roaches in my food. Roaches, roaches, roaches. It was just terrible. What do you think about what Trick Daddy had to say? And what do y'all think about the reaction of, you know, the beehive? Is it justified? So first and foremost, I'm not for the tearing down of any business, right? I live in Miami. I have eaten at Sunday's Eatery, and I'm here to tell y'all that's some of the best damn soul food your ass is going to find uh, east of the Mississippi. That food is that's off the chain. Can't take that from them. You know, the only thing that bothers me about what Trick Daddy did, and, you know, we, we, we live in this culture now, and it's my opinion. People use that it's my opinion as an excuse to just talk crap. The only thing that Trick Daddy's sentiments did not take account for of are the people around him and the organizations by which he is affiliated with. You know what I'm saying? Trick Daddy does not own that restaurant outright. He's got business partners over there. So that slip of the tongue is affecting them over there. Trick Daddy is also employed by Cox Media, who has 99 Jam, W-E-D-R down here, where he works for. You know, what happens if, as a result of Trick Daddy's words, um, Jay-Z decides when the artists come to Miami, he doesn't want any Rock Nation artist to go to that radio station. You see what I'm saying? As a result of Trick Daddy insulting him and his wife. So, you know, it, it, it goes beyond you, Trick, especially when you're at that level. And you see Trina took no time to distance herself from this whole fiasco because she knows you don't want the backlash. Let me tell you something, the, the Beehive people and them damn delusional Nicki Minaj fans, um, mm -hmm. you, you know, and I had to learn the hard way. It is crazy, but they stand for their queen. And the question that I have in closing was, was what you got in return worth you having to just say that particular opinion? Like, did it mean so much to you to get that off your chest that it was worth everything that it cost? We we got to go to break, but Al, do you have a comment real quick before we go to break? Oh, no. No, my only thing was, I I, I felt like the, the comment was directed more towards Jay-Z than Beyonce, because you got to be crazy to even come out of your mouth to say that Beyonce can't sing. I think he was aiming for Jay-Z, and he went through Beyonce to get to Jay-Z. That's a good point. And, 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 you know, listen, we're all entitled to our opinions. And there's an argument to be made that, hey, you guys sit up there and talk about people every week. Yes, we do. Um, so I, part of me feels like you should be able to say your opinion, even though I don't agree with them, right? I am a huge fan of Beyonce's and Jay-Z's, actually. But, like, it seems like, you know, we're, in, we're at this point now where, you know, certain people you, you are just untouchable and it, it will, there are consequences to, to that. So yeah, you can express your opinion, but there will be consequences. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk about this story where Which people one? are charging, oh, they charging white people reparations fee to go to a pride event. They charge putting a little tax on that event. We'll be right back with more TGIF. Stick around. Welcome back to TJF. I'm having such a good time with Al Reynolds and Funky Dineva. Hey, y'all, we got to talk about this story. A Pride event in Seattle is planning to charge white people $50 in reparation fees to attend the event taking place tomorrow at Seattle's uh, Jim Hendrix Park. Okay, reparations fee. The event is being hosted for uh, black and brown members of the LBGTQ plus community. Are they out of line for charging white people reparation fees? Or is it a crafty, cool, creative way to get that money because they take it too long by an administration? What do you think? <laughs> you know what? I, I, I'm black and I want my 40 acres in the mule, but this is not how this is not how it's supposed to be done. This is just not. And then too, you know, we already got enough struggles going on being LGBTQ plus, and then you want to come in here and not add race to it. Like nobody asked you for this. Okay. <laughs> and then the thing. I was hoping that this actually was an initiative by like out of touch white people that were trying to be cool, but actually it wasn't. It was from a colored trans women's organization. And it was the other 
uh, all-encompassing organizations that complained about it and brought this to light. Secondly, our reparations don't need to come from individuals. They need to come from the goddamn U.S. government, okay? And lastly, you know what I'm saying? It would be completely different to me. First of all, this is all wrong, but let's just say I wanted to go along with it. The reparations were to give the, the Black participants free access to concerts and, 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 and festivities and entertainment. Let me tell you something. When it comes to, rep, to reparations, we don't need no damn concerts. We need housing, education, and skills. So this is just all, it's just wrong from inception. And this is what happens when you have people who are not well-versed in public policy um, trying to be Instagram woke, doing all the wrong damn things. And this has actually set us back in our pursuit for reparations. Uh, let me let me take up for the 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 women that are organi- that organized this particular event. Um, this isn't the first year. It's a donation um, that was titled reparations. So the individuals that are non-African American or of color have the ability to donate between ten to forty dollars in what they labeled as reparation fees for attendance so that they are able to pay for the performers at the concert and so that they can pay for the venue. So it's not as structured as you think, uh, Funky, as far as I'm from everything that I read. So they actually started this last year and everyone participated because they understood the nature and the, 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 the purpose of the donation, which was to help pay for the celebration. So to their defense, this wasn't a, a, you know, an opportunity to take advantage. It was actually for an opportunity to include so that people could participate and help pay. Um, They call it a donation for the underprivileged. The marketing of that alone was going to create outrage. The word reparation scares people. It lights something in their ass. I feel like you're right. I feel like the climate that we're in, the play on reparations is being abused right now. But this isn't the first year that this has been called reparation fees. So just it, to say, just I to would be, I, I'm like, I would be offended as hell if I went somewhere and somebody told me I had to pay a reparation fee. <laughs> I, I, it's a, I'm black and it is offensive. Right. Well, it's, so I, I feel like, you know, when you context to it is, what, where it came from. It so is it is willingly last year paying this reparation fee to help pay for the venue, to help pay for the talent, to help pay for everything that it took to make the event happen. It's all I'm saying. It is divisive. Um, it, again, reparations, we especially since my trip to Africa, we I'm so like, yes, we America would be a third world country if it wasn't for the, the the sweat and blood and tears of black people and the free labor we gave. Imagine not having to pay employees for three, four hundred years. You're going to be so ahead of the game. So, yeah, we should. But I don't I, I think it hurts our allies that are actually trying to help us get them and our government and, and, and some of these CEOs and business owners are the ones that need to be giving us reparations. Wells Fargo Bank and a lot of other these, a lot of these other companies that made a lot of money off the backs of black people in slavery uh, should be the ones that the money comes from. You might be taxing someone with, or, you know, the reparations coming from someone that's actually an ally. And I, I think people are definitely taking advantage of it. Anyways, before we go, speaking of white folks doing wild things, um, new trend on TikTok that was pretty scary where white women showed how good they are at performing uh, crying on cue. Let's take a look. Turn it off. Instagram writer wrote, uh, as a black person, I'm constantly endangered by white women tears. The power those waterworks have over a black person's life is shown time and time again in cases like Emmett Till. Uh, what are your thoughts on this trend? And goddamn, the audacity of these white bitches to do this, knowing that that is such a trigger for us who have lost family members at the hands of police over their lives. The lady that cried and lied about Emma Teal is still alive. And it's a slap in the face. What are y'all's thoughts on this? It's hurtful. It, 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 it's hurtful. I'll be quick. I was very triggered. Um, but you know what? It, it, it's beautiful because they've showed their hand, right? Oftentimes we think that white women are meek 
and mild and weak and they, they can't do nothing. They're actually very smart. And they're actually very crafty. You know what I'm saying? And this right here shows that there is a little academy that all little white girls go to taught by their mothers and their aunts and the lady who lied on Emmett Till is taught by her ass about this is how you get your way because you are America's semi-precious jewel. You're a white woman. And when you cry, the world will fall to your knees. So they've showed their hand. We see y'all hoes for y'all works. You know what? We need to end on a high note. So we want to talk more about this, but Al, you okay if we go to a quick game before we go out on this? Let's go. What is it? On me? if you had twenty, po- if you had twenty points to make, I, we just don't have time. We'll have to do it on Wednesday. <laughs> okay, before we wrap, it's only right that we allow our viewers into our dirty lives by playing a fun game of who's most likely to. I'll throw okay. out a scenario, and you'll tell me which host, including myself, is most likely to do it. Viewers, you can play along in the chat. Okay, y'all ready? Make it quick because we have one minute left. Okay, okay. Uh, who is most likely to post a half nude picture on social media? Funky. He just had his he just had his legs out and his dick hanging. That's true. Who's most likely to pay for sex? Al. <laughs> Who's most likely to go to a bar more than four times a week? Al, that's funny. <laughs> Who's most likely to last longer in the bedroom? Me. It depends on what drug I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> MDMA. It's over. Come on, Who's most- <laughs> Who, who's most likely to be in an unfaithful relationship? Probably me. Who's Funky. most likely to get friend zoned after a weird sexual encounter? Al. We gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta go. That, that was a lot of fun. This listen, this was an awesome show. And this show right here shows exactly why we're getting two days a week because we had everything, all the emotions. Thank you to my fantastic co-hosts. Funky Dineva and Al Reynolds. Uh, Stick around and uh, make sure you catch us on Wednesday and Friday, two days a week, next week. We'll see you next week. Uh, The Book of Sean is up next. We'll see you next time.